So it's really great to be with you tonight. Um, just a brief introduction. God first called me to Amsterdam. Oh, that's even better. Uh, God called me to Amsterdam in uh, Holland. That's where I met my wife. And uh, my two sons were born just outside of the red light district. Um, I'd be walking down the street with one of my sons on my back, and all these drug dealers would come up to me and try to sell me drugs. So they'd come up to me and they'd go, hash, hash. You know, they're trying to sell me hashish. And I'd be walking with one of my sons on my, on my back. And so one time when my son Aaron was about, I don't know, two or three years old, he was on the balcony of our apartment. And uh, these people were walking by on the street. And he's going, hash, hash, because he thought hash meant hello in Dutch. <laughs> so it was a real crazy neighborhood. And um, you could see, like, from our, our church, this beautiful, or from our apartment, this beautiful church. And it was, it was often closed on Sunday. It was surrounded by houses of prostitution. And so people in Amsterdam thought, oh, yeah, Jesus is just this dead tradition, you know, that has nothing to do with my life. They actually sold pictures of Jesus, uh, t these T-shirts with a picture of Jesus on the cross, and then below it said, I don't love you anymore, sign Jesus. And so it was a pretty uh, cynical, tough place. Uh, and so God really put a burden on our hearts to reach these, especially the young people there who were alienated from God, which is pretty much everyone in the city. And so we didn't know what to do. So we, uh, a small group of us would go out into the forest at night. And, you know, you don't have beautiful weather in Holland like you do here in Northland, you know, where it's always beautiful and perfect. So we'd go out and it'd be cold and raining. I mean, really cold. And so we put all these clothes on and we'd go out into the forest and uh, we'd try to make these bonfires if it wasn't raining too hard. And we'd pray all night, God, help us. How can we reach these people that have such a bad idea about you? And then during this time, we started a church on a boat uh, behind Central Train Station. And the, uh, the address of the boat was Steiger 14, which means Pier 14 in Dutch. So that's where the name of our mission came from. And at the same time, I felt like God wanted me to start a band as a way of going to their places and bringing Jesus to them. And so... Um, so that's a very, uh, you know, that's how we started. Now we're working all over the world. Uh, the whole purpose of our mission is to bring Jesus to what we call the global youth culture. You are part of the global youth culture. You know, everybody is watching the same videos, playing the same video game, uh, video uh, music videos. They're listening to the same music, being lied to by the same lies. And so we have a heart for these people, and many of them. In um, your peers are like this. They're, they believe that God is dead. If he exists, he doesn't, he's not involved in our life. And, uh, he, and so we really feel that, this is, that these people deserve to hear the truth about Jesus. And so uh, we have, there's too much to tell, but I have a couple books here. In fact, there's 20 free books back there if you want to grab one at the table, or you can steal one if you want. I don't care. Uh, this one, Rock Priest, talks about how we started the first chapter, um, I'm actually with my band in Siberia, and we're playing in Siberia, and all these people are spitting on me. And when people spit on you, you try to sing with your mouth closed. And so you can, that was a joke, anyway, but it also really happened. But if you want to, 
I'd encourage you to get this book. It'll help. Hopefully, you'll like it. And this is a book, Revolutionary, 10 Principles That Will Empower Christian Artists to Change the World. And uh, so if you uh, want your music and art to really change the world, I I encourage you to get this book, and we will talk about, it talks about principles about how that can happen, uh, and we also have something called Come and Live for music, it's, a, it's for different artists, uh, we have many different artists on our Come and Live community, like Brian Head Welsh from Korn, and uh, well-known bands from Europe, um, so it's, it's really cool, and you should, you should uh, check that out, and also our band No Longer Music, we just, we've just finished a massive tour, and uh, I thought tonight I'd show you what happened. We were in many countries, but I want to show you what happened when we were in Albania. So I'll show that to you now. tour and we so we started calling our partners in Albania they started working on shows um, we ended up with 14 days that we had and so we said we want to do 14 shows so we were able to get permission for 13 of them and there was this one that, that was just not happening and we were praying the day before and we were praying in the morning and then right when we started our prayer time in the morning I got a message from our organizer Zabri and he said we've got a show it's it's you know 20 minutes away and God always does incredible things his backup plan is, is the best plan, it's the primary plan, and it's incredible when we get to see God moving that way. Feel convincing. This is the power of God, yeah. 
Do you want to receive this gift that Jesus gave you? Yes, of course, we want to. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Jesus, I just accept you as Lord. Jesus, I just accept you as Lord. I invite you to come into my life. So that's just what happened in Albania. We were in many other countries and saw the same kind of thing. And I think some of you here are supposed to be a part of this. I think God wants you to be a part of what we're seeing God do around the world. We have a, thing, uh, we have a school in Germany. Uh, I'll talk about that more later. But we have people coming from over 22 countries uh, to our school. And it's amazing what's happening. And uh, I mean, so much to tell. So if you want more information, though, I go back there and pick up a information at the table. Also, we're going to have a uh, meet or a Steiger training weekend on Friday, March 16th and 17th in Taronga. So if you feel like you might be interested in this kind of thing, you should check that out. So we started our, okay, like I said, we, we started this, uh, we were praying, we had these all-night prayer meetings, and then we, um, I felt like I should start this band, and we started a church on a boat. And it was, it was during Queen's Day in Amsterdam. And on Queen's Day, the whole city is full of stuff going on. And so my band was playing on a bridge, so that, and we were inviting people to our church on the boat. And while we were playing, a group of political anarchists came. And one of them took a beer bottle, and he smashed it over the drums. And when he smashed it over the drums, he cut his hand so his hand was bleeding, and he held the broken bottle up to my face. And another one came up to me and spit on me, my face. And so I thought I should say something. So I said to this crowd that was gathered, I said, how many of you in Amsterdam love Satan? And they're all going, yeah! They're all screaming, we love Satan! And so this drew a huge crowd. And I said, how many of you love Satan? They're going, yeah, we love Satan! And they're just screaming how much they love Satan. And I, so I said, well, let me tell you the one that I love. I, want to, I love the one who created the world. He didn't want there to be war and disease and suffering and pain. You know, he wanted this to be, a, he cared about us. And he wanted us to have a, a good life. But because we turned away from him, all of these terrible things have come into the world. And now there's so much brokenness and hurt and pain. But, but this, this creator was not an impersonal life force. But he really cared about us. And so he proved it by sending Jesus to the earth. And when Jesus came to the earth, he didn't live like a king, even though he was rich. He didn't live in a five-star hotel or just live like a, like a, apart from the people. He's with the normal people, like, like you and like me. But the religious people hate him, hated him because he didn't fit into their system. And so they killed him. And they thought, great, now Jesus is dead. We don't have to worry about Jesus anymore. But because Jesus was not just another prophet or teacher 
or guru because Jesus really came from God. He came back to life. And because of that, I'm not ashamed to say that I love God. Now, you have to remember I was saying that with a guy holding a broken bottle up to my face with blood dripping down his arm. And when I spoke those words, I felt so much of God's power, it felt like electricity was coming out of my mouth. I don't think I've ever preached with more of God's power. But what happened? They attacked us. <laughs> they took knives and they started to slash the tires of our van. They tried to beat up my band. They started trashing our equipment. I told the band to run away. And uh, I got in, in our van and it was all smashed up. And actually, I locked the bass player in the back with the equipment. So he's locked in there. And uh, so this, these, these two policemen came, and the police were afraid. And so the police, uh, one of them says to me, drive away. Just drive away. And I'm going, how can I drive away? I have three flat tires because they had slashed our tires. I said, I don't know. Just drive away. So I'm in, my, I'm in the van I'm driving about three kilometers an hour with three flat tires. Everything is smashed. I have dried spit on my face, and everyone's laughing at me. Can you imagine? Can you just picture this. I'm driving, barely can move. Everything's smashed. The band is, it ran away, and everyone is laughing at me. They're going, oh, Jesus, you know, mocking, mocking Jesus, mocking me. You know, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, God, are you really so powerful? Are you really strong? I mean, I didn't, I didn't deny you. Even when that guy was holding that bottle up to my face, I didn't deny you. I wasn't feeling like Jesus was so strong at that point. You know, and, and uh, you know, it, when we sing about God and his power, and it's great that we do this, but what really matters is not what we do in here, it's what we do out there. And God wants to show his power out there, right? You know, in your schools and in the streets. I mean, does it, we need God's power. I pray for this all the time. I don't want to just sing a bunch of religious words. I want to experience God's power, don't you? And so part of what God was saying to me was, you want to see my power? There's a cost to it. You know, you want to see God's power out of, out of the, you know, out of the church? It, it's going to cost something. But let me tell you, that's not the end of the story. About a week later, we're having our meeting on our boat. So, you know, it's like we're on, we're, this is where we're all meeting. And, and all of a sudden, about 20 or 30 of those guys walk in. Now, they, because they felt the power, like I was telling you, I felt this power on my preaching, and they felt it. And they, but they didn't come to repent. <laughs> they came to, to beat us up because they thought, we have to stop this because they, they, thought, they thought these guys are a threat. So they came with weapons. Now, can you imagine how we felt? You know, I, hadn't, I did not deny Jesus. You know, I didn't back down. And I... And, my, my guitarist was so afraid that he could hardly hold his pick. You know, he was so, his hands were shaking so hard. And, but we thought, we're not going to deny you, Jesus. We're not going to deny you. No matter what happens. 
So my band played like before, like we did on the bridge. And again, I spoke like before, but this time it was completely different. The power of Jesus came so strong that people were literally frozen. They couldn't move. And I said to them, there was someone, his name was Thomas. And he said, I'm not going to believe unless I can see the nail prints in Jesus' hand or in his side. And Jesus appeared to him and said, come on, Thomas, touch my side, touch my hand. And I said to them, Jesus is here right now if you want to see him. I walked up to their leader, and he was, he was shaking like a leaf when I walked up to him because he so felt the power of God. It reminded me of when we were invited to play, this was some years ago, at Auckland University. And the reason they invited us to play is they thought, wouldn't it be cool to have this stupid Christian band come so we can mock them? They thought, yeah, come, we, you know, because they thought, we, you know, it was Auckland University. Well, we want to mock you, you know, you lame Christians. We thought, cool, yeah, no problem. So we go, we go to their club. Our band is playing. And the power of the Holy Spirit came so strong in that club at Auckland University that people couldn't hold their drinks at the bar. The bartender was weeping because of he was so touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, God wants to do amazing things in every man and woman here tonight. He's, he's not called you to just live a normal, domesticated Christian life and, and try to get a nice job if you can and, and uh, try to have an easy life. He's not calling you to this. This is not what God, this is not the, the Bible, this is not what the Jesus in the Bible. He is calling you to something significant. You, it says that when you're in your mother's womb, you were created for good works in advance. So every, every person here was created for something good. And good in the Bible's definition of good is something that has eternal value. So you don't have to ask yourself, am I here for a reason? Yes, you are. And you're not here just to survive either. You're here to, to, you're here to, to be more than a conqueror. And, you know, this... Paul says, when we follow Jesus, we're more than a conqueror. Well, he was, he was saying this, you know, when you're a conqueror, it's a military term. You have complete victory over somebody when you conquer them. And he's saying, when, you, when you're a follower of Jesus, you are more than a conqueror to emphasize how powerful it is to follow Jesus. But why is it that so few Christians are more than conquerors? In fact, why is it that so many Christians are the opposite, in fact. The opposite. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. So, you're sitting here, you know, and the meeting's over, and, and uh, you walk out into the, the parking lot, and you hear this guy screaming. This guy's just screaming, going crazy. You know, so you, you, you get out your phone and you call the police. There's a crazy guy screaming in the parking lot. So the, the police come and they, they grab him and they take him to jail. But this guy is really strong, so he breaks out. They, they lock him up, but he breaks out. And so he goes back out again, so they grab him again. This time they actually chain him 
into, in the prison cell, but he breaks the chains, and he goes to a graveyard. And so he runs out to this graveyard, and he's, this, this man has thousands of demons in him. And so maybe because of all the demons that were inside of him, he was trying to, he says, it says that in the Bible that he picked up rocks, and he started cutting himself. And maybe he was cutting himself because he was trying to get the demons to come out. I don't know why. You know, so many people cut themselves today. I don't know why all the reasons are, but he was out in this, this graveyard cutting himself. And then you're walking down the street with your girlfriend, and all of a sudden you see this guy with these broken chains, and he's running towards you, blood dripping down from his arms because he's been cutting himself. This is what happened to Jesus. There's this guy living in the tombs. They couldn't, the people in the village couldn't keep him tied down. He kept breaking the chains. He's living in the tombs. And he comes running towards Jesus. And Jesus recognizes this, that this man has thousands of demons in him. And so he says to the demons, come out. And the demons say, Jesus, could we go into those pigs? Because there was a field with, with 2,000 pigs in him. And Jesus said, sure, go ahead. So the demons come out of this man, and they go into the pigs. The pigs didn't like it. They didn't like having demons in them. So they all together started running off a cliff into the ocean. Okay, they got to picture this. Here's this cliff. Here's 2,000 pigs, and there's 2,000 of them going off a cliff. One, two, three. <laughs> Piles of dead pigs. Hundreds of dead pigs. Two thousand dead pigs now this is the really weird part of the story remember you know the guy that was scaring everybody in the village the guy that they couldn't chain down the guy that was cutting himself because he was such such agony you know cutting himself like a lot of people today cut themselves he's cutting himself there he is completely free They look over the cliff, and they see 2,000 dead pigs. What do they do? They beg Jesus to leave. Leave us, Jesus. Please go away. Leave our village. Why? Why would they do that? Well, I think the, the answer is obvious. They thought, if Jesus stays in our village, we'll lose all our pigs. They love pigs more than they love Jesus. So the question for us tonight is this. Who do we love more? Pigs? Or Jesus? And you're going, why did I come? I know a lot of you are thinking, why did I come? I don't have a pig. I mean, I, I have a cat. But I don't have a pig. This message is so irrelevant to me. But let me tell you, there are different kinds of pigs. So when I first got serious about God, you know, I was, I was in Amsterdam, and uh, I was going to meet somebody on the street that I, you know, I've been talking to people on the street about Jesus, and I had an appointment to go meet somebody on the street. And I'm walking on the street, and I got this really strong impression in my, in my head, go back to your room. And it was so strong, I couldn't, I just forgot about my appointment on the street, and I went back to my room. I didn't know why I was even going there, but I couldn't get the idea out of my head. So I go into my room, and the next thing I know, 
And then, then I felt like God said, kneel by your bed. So I knelt by my bed. And then I felt like God say, pray that you're willing to be single for the rest of your life if that's what I want. Like, well, that'd be hard, Lord. But with your help, you know, if that's what you want, with your help, I'll do it. So that's what I prayed. I, you know, I prayed that prayer. And then three days later, I met this girl, and I knew she was going to be my wife. And I know some of you are going to try this later. <laughs> but, listen, how many, how many friends do I have that I went to university with? that had such passion, such plans, you know, what they were going to do with their life. But because of bad relationships, today they have a life of regret. How many people in this room tonight, because you're involved in bad relationships, you're in danger of throwing everything away? How many people here are going to lose the amazing calling that God has on your life because of bad relationships? I'm telling you, so many people are taken out because they are involved in relationships that are not right. And if you have this pig in your life, you need to kill it. You know, when, when, I, when God... so. God gave me my wife. I'm in Amsterdam, but it was so hard. You know, I was used to, to living in a place where there's lots of nature and you can go for long walks and out in the, you know, beautiful forest. And here I am in this crazy, compact city. I, I missed my family back, back in, in the U.S. It was really hard. Sometimes, you know, I would feel this loneliness like a pain. In the early days when I started out, I felt this loneliness like a pain. What if I would have said no to God? You know, God, I have to live near my family. No, God, I have to live in New Zealand. No, God, I have to live in the city. No, God, I have to live by the beach. I mean, how many people do I know who talk to God like that? You know, God, I have all these lists of requirements of what I got to do before I'm going to serve you. How many people are missing out on the amazing, incredible life God wants them to have? Because they're not willing to give their security to him. You need to kill this pig. So I'm with my wife Jody. We're in Amsterdam. We didn't have any money. And then we were able to get a job to be house cleaners for, this, for this, uh, these people who were doctors. So we could clean their house. And we were so grateful to have a job so we could do the ministry God called us to do in Amsterdam because we could buy food. It was really great. And we were working. I was so grateful. Every day I was thanking God for that job. But, you know, we weren't even making minimum wage. And I would go back to the States to see my friends that I went to university with. And they'd be buying their houses. And they'd be buying their cars. And I'd go back with my wife to Amsterdam cleaning houses. And one day I said to God, God, why did you have me go to university? Why did you have me go to university if you just wanted me to clean houses? Why did you have my wife go to university if you just wanted me to clean houses? And I felt like God spoke to me and said, David, are you will willing to clean houses 
for the rest of your life if that's what I want you to do? How many people here are going to throw away all that God wants to give you because of materialism? You're going to sacrifice everything to it. You're going to sacrifice your wife to it, your husband to it, your children to it. And one day you're going to be an old man or an old woman, and you're going to be looking at all this junk that you've accumulated. And you're going to go, God, what have I done with my life? Listen to me. Don't let this rob you of the amazing life that God wants you to have. Kill this pig. I had this friend, he had an amazing ministry. Amazing. He's traveling the world, doing all these cool things for God, a beautiful wife. But he was playing around with pornography. And he's thinking everybody's doing it. It's no big deal. You know, today, his wife has left him. His ministry is destroyed. And his life is in ruins. How many people are throwing away their lives because of this? Man. Kill it before it kills you. Kill it. There's all kinds of pigs, but the worst pig is pride. Pride. You know, because if God, if Jesus can set free a guy who's, who, who has thousands of demons in him, who's cutting himself with, with stones in a graveyard, if he can set him free, he can set me free. There's no pig in my life he can't take out of my life. I am not a victim. I can be free. I can be strong. The only thing that keeps me from my freedom is pride. Caring more what people think than what God thinks. Pride is our enemy. Don't let pride keep you from the amazing life God wants you to have. And I think it's time to kill some pigs here tonight. Yeah? Because I know, you're, if you're like me, you're going, I don't want pigs, I want Jesus. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to be 40 years old, 50 years old and have regrets. I want to be, I want to, I don't want to be like that. You don't have to be like that. But you got to kill the pigs. And God brought you here tonight to do some ki pig killing. So, don't, don't be manipulated by this, but if you know that this message was for you tonight, then let's do it. Don't, and you don't have to respond, so don't feel like I have to do this, otherwise I'm not a serious Christian or something. Don't feel that way. But if you know that you need to respond, you need to respond, then you come up here and kneel with me, and together we'll say, we want to kill these pigs tonight. So, if you need to come, just come now. Just come right away. Don't wait. If you need to kill some pigs, just come up here. Just come. Don't resist God if he's speaking to you. Don't, don't, don't leave here and go, man, I wish I would have responded. And you know, and the lie, oh, I don't have to go up there. I can do this sitting in my chair. Well, I don't agree. If, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you, then you need to come up here and make things right with God. This is your chance.
So just come. There's more that need to come. I'm just going to, some of you are going, oh, you know, do I have to really go up there? Well, yeah, if God has been speaking to you, you do. Yeah, you do. So don't, don't resist. Just come, come with the rest of us. Come on. look around and I just see I see so many people here tonight that God just is like yes if you had any idea if you had if you had any idea at all about what I want to do in your life I mean when I think about when I was thinking about my life when I was at the stage of life that a lot of you guys are here tonight there's no way in a million years that I thought I'd be doing what I'm doing not in a million years Lord, here we are. Here I am. We don't want pigs, Lord. No pigs, Jesus. We want you. And you see everyone that's here. You see those who are kneeling before you now. And you see their hearts. And they're kneeling before you because they're saying they don't want any, any of these pigs to keep them from the life you want them to have. You want them to... They don't want it, Lord. They want to walk out of here pig-free, Lord. And they can be. They can. They can walk out of here, and they, don't have, they can be free. So, Lord, I ask that you would really honor this step of humility. You know, it took some humility for them to kneel like this, and I ask that you would hear them right now. So, I want... I want the girls to find another girl, the guys to find another guy. You can go in one or two, and then I want you to say what pig you, you needs to die, and then just pray over each other, and then we'll come back and talk some more, all right? So girls, find two or, you know, two or three girls, guys, guys with guys, and just say, okay, this is what I'm, why I'm responding. This is what I need to get rid of, okay? We won't, so just go to somebody now and do that, all right? Just go to somebody right away. If you're sitting down and you want to do this, you still can do this. So just, but just find someone and pray with, with them, okay? You know, just pray for each other, all right? Just for a few minutes, we'll do that. Can we come back together? I know I can pray with each other more later, okay? But can we come back together? <clears throat> I think it's good that you pray with each other later, okay? So this is just the, you know, make sure you do. Um, this whole thing about relationship is really important. Because I believe that, I mean, I know some people who work in really dangerous parts of the world, and, and it's better for them to not be married. But that's really a rare thing, you know, for someone to have that kind of calling. Most people are not called to not be married. Most people are called to be married. So what that means is that God has picked out for you the perfect husband or the perfect wife. 
You know, if you if you could meet my wife Jody, you would see that that's what she is for me. Isn't that right? I mean, she's like the perfect complement for me. There's no way that I could do the ministry that God has called me to without her. Where I'm weak, she's been strong. You know, in some of our toughest times, she's been the one pushing me. And where I'm, where she's weak, I'm strong. And together we can do, you know, a hundred times more than we could apart. God has someone like that for you. That's why you want his choice. You know what I mean? You understand? Really, listen to this. It's such a big deal. Listen to this. A lot of you say, Jesus, I want your choice. Don't mess around. Don't, don't play around with this. This is serious. Very serious. Say, God, I want your choice. I want you, when you, when you bring that, that husband or wife into my life, when you want. But I want your choice, okay? And the other thing <clears throat> is that when you, we live in a sewer, don't we? Isn't that right? I mean, it's everything, you know, if, if you're smart and you're in your car, you put on your seatbelt because you want you protect yourself. If you're a smart person, you put on your seatbelt so that if you're in an accident, you go, go through the windshield. So if you have a computer and you don't have something on that computer to keep you safe, you're, you're a fool. You know, I mean, honestly, you just... You can't not have something on your computer to keep you safe. You can get this program for free where you have an accountability partner. So if I'm coming, so if I'm coming home late at night and I'm tempted to look at something bad on the computer, it gets e- what I look up on the computer gets emailed to my wife. So <laughs> no matter how tempted I am, I don't want to do it because I don't want my wife to kill me. You understand? So you need to make your grandma your accountability partner. You know, maybe not your grandma. You'll kill her. But someone who you would just hate for them to know that you're looking at bad stuff on the computer. You know what I mean? It would be horrifying to you. That's who you make your accountability partner. It will help you. Be smart. You know, don't let this... You know, and every just talk to somebody. Just be open. Everyone thinks, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like the only one struggling with this stuff." It's not true. But talk about it and deal with it. That's the key, okay? And make sure you don't leave here tonight without getting this accountability thing on your computer and on your phone. TripleXChurch.com. You can get it for free. XXX.Church.com. Don't leave here tonight without getting that on your computer and on your phone don't let your life be destroyed by this stuff and you know i'm talking there is there is nothing better than following giving everything to jesus it is not a sacrifice yes it's a narrow road and there's a cost but the cost of not doing it is a million times more and nothing that this world has to offer you compares to to following jesus so don't Throw your, your life away on the stuff that the world says is going to make you so happy. Because believe me, it doesn't. I was talking about that in a, in a message in Auckland where, you know, you think, oh, if I get that house, then I'll be happy. And then the house gets boring, so then you have to go on a holiday. And then that, so then you got to go on another holiday. And pretty soon every beach looks like another beach. And then you have to numb yourself on, 
on alcohol and, and party pills and drugs because the world does not satisfy. I have friends who are very rich in the, in the music scene who, who are completely miserable because the world does not satisfy. It's empty. It means it is empty. So don't be seduced by this, right? Let's not be seduced by this. And then seek God. That's one of the things that's really a big thing for us in our, in our mission. Hebrews eleven six. God rewards those who seek him with a desperate heart. And that's not like just having a little prayer time. That's like make, get with some of your friends on a Friday night. And saying, okay, let's do this. And you go out into the bush and you say, we're going we're gonna to start crying out to God until the sun comes up. And we're going to do that every Friday night until we see a breakthrough. Me, I'll tell you, if some of you guys would do that here, you will see amazing things happen. Amazing, amazing things happen. And then your, the Bible will start to make sense. You know, it'll start to, there'll be, you'll start to experience what you read about in the Bible in your own life. You'll start to pray prayers of faith. It all started, it all changed for me when I started doing that. So if, if I could leave you with anything, seek God with a desperate heart. And like I said, I think some of you need to come to our 10-week school in, in Germany. And so I want to show, uh, do we have that? Okay, I just, just want to show that quickly. So if you want to know more about that, just go to the table back there. And one of the things we do in our school is we totally unhook, no internet for 10 weeks. We go out completely, go off the, offline. We have one day of silence every week where we just seek God. And it's amazing what happens. Honestly, it's amazing what happens. So maybe some of you, when, well, I know some of you should be, be with us there. And I come to our weekend, um, so it's on the 16th and 17th, so in a week it, about two weeks from now, in Taronga. If you want to know more, I'll be there, and my wife will be there, and some other people from Steiger, leaders from Steiger. So, all right, so no more pigs, right? Yeah, no more pigs, because they're going to try to get back in, but we're not going to let them, right? Let's just stand together. Can we stand? So, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord. For the amazing privilege it is to be your child. And I pray for everybody here, Lord, that they will have everything you want them to have. Lord, everything you want to do in their life will happen. Lord, that they will not accept any, anything but you, Jesus. They will not settle for a, for a weak Jesus. but you will, they, Because you want them to have the Jesus of power, Lord. That's why you created them. Lord, you say that there's a great harvest and there are few workers. Well, look at the men and women here tonight. Send them into your harvest. Raise up some Jackie Pullingers, some David Wilkerson's, Lord. We need another Billy Graham, Lord. Why not here? Why not here? Why not here, Lord? Why not in this room? Could you not call some of these young men and women to be radical men and women of faith that will follow you 100%? That will go to the dangerous places, the hard places, the places where no one else wants to go. And that you will use them 
to radically turn the world upside down. Thank you that you will do that, Jesus. Thank you that you are calling some people here tonight. And they're going to look back and they're going to go, that was the night. That was the night when I made my choice. And I decided to follow Jesus. And there's no turning back. Though none go with me, I've decided to follow Jesus. And there's no turning back. Put that radical call on all these beautiful men and women here, Lord. Put that call on their lives, Lord. Put your angels around them. And I pray that every dream, every desire that you have for their life will happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.